This year's donations might go to, say, the geology department. Oh dear, not the dirt people. Geology is the study of pressure and time. That's all it takes, really. What kind of activity has turned the lake massive? Look, I'm just a geologist. I like rocks. I love rocks. All right. You know Sasquatch gets me fired up. (laughs) On that note. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Geology Flannel Cast. My name is Steve. Hey there, everybody. This is Chris. Uh, Howdy. Howdy do. I'm Jesse. And I'm excited to talk about the moon. All right. There you you have it. What I, welcome to the well before that uh, <laughs> before we get into that uh, welcome to the geology flannel cast everybody thanks for uh, thanks for stopping by today thanks for thanks for downloading the episode and listening to this week's installment hope everyone's having a great day I think we're we're all doing pretty good here Jesse and Steve are all riled up before we started recording kind of calmed them down a little bit <laughs> yar I'm ex- yeah I'm excited I'm excited yes. to be here I am as well. So yes, thank you, thank you to all our listeners, thank you to all our uh, supporters. Um, I'm I'm super duper excited today to talk about. Well, not necessarily the moon. Well, we're talking a lot about the moon today. Well, the moon's effects it has on us. Yeah. What are we talking about today, Steve? <sighs> uh, that's a good question. Uh, no, we're going to talk about tides and right, sea level rise and or fall we'll see if we get into the sea level stuff uh we got a, i got a lot yeah. of playing with this the tide thing maybe we'll just uh, you keep today. saying that you have a lot playing with this tide thing but you know the, the tides come in the tides go out yeah it'll it'll ebb and flow yep uh <laughs> every six ish hours and then you know cycle repeats yep up and yes. down. Up Every down. six and a, six hours, 12 and a half minutes. That's what um, I said. Six just hours. Yes, <laughs> there you go. Jesse, what do you want to talk about with the moon? You want to start off the Whoa. the big the big ball of cheese in the sky? <laughs> just getting right into it. I don't know. Right. You, you surprised me with the moon thing. I didn't know. You just, uh, so about, four, to talk about the moon. four billion years ago, a giant yeah. planetoid hit Earth. Yeah. Thea. 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 Yeah. Do we? What's the origin of that? What's just, the, just chilling, about Greek, the size right? of Mars, right? Greek, yeah, about the size of Mars. Oh. Yeah, I was thinking of the name, but yeah. Oh, I think. What's the origin of the of the big rock? Yeah. <laughs> the solar system. <laughs> uh, big Bang. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we had a little planetesimal about the size of Mars cross paths with us, and we won. Uh, Earth, 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 kinda. Earth. Kind of, yeah. Only not uh, no, the whole we, planet. I like to think we merged, and we were a different planet then, and we're we've changed, unified. We, we, we came yeah. out better. We did come out better. Some of the debris that got kicked off became the moon, <clears throat> and that coalesced into you know our, our our satellite that we have orbiting around us. It didn't escape our gravity, which is important because at the same time we didn't escape its gravity. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. I was so thinking about gravity so, today. What are you yeah. thinking about? Well, so I, I was, you know, gravity is like it's all around us, if you will. Uh, so gravity is is 
Thank you, Newton. Yeah. Whoa, that's heavy, man. Yeah. So gravity is, you <laughs> oh know, it's, God. The curvature, <laughs> it took me like two seconds for that to sink in. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's the curvature of space time, right? And so it's, you know, it's the, the Earth bends space time because of its mass. But it's such a really weak force, even though having such a profound influence on all aspects of our life, it's really weak. Like, I was thinking about it as I was walking to the train, and I was like, Gravity keeps us, the Earth's mass is pulling us towards it, or at least we're falling into it. But it's so weak, like, I take a step, and my foot is, is overcoming the force of gravity. Like, as I lift my foot up off the Earth. Take that, gravity. And I was like, this is... Take that step on Jupiter, see what happens. <laughs> yeah, just flatten to a, a pancake. Uh, but it, it, it is, it's interesting. Wait, hang on. Yeah. Thought experiment. If you're on Jupiter, isn't it a gas giant? Like, yeah, you would be crushed, but you wouldn't. Where would you go? I mean, it's uh, there's some, a lot of really that, compressed gas. And there's it, like there's some idea like there's still debate whether or not Jupiter has a core. So would I just sink all the way to the core and then be smushed? Uh, no, you'd be smushed at the surface, right? But it's just an, what is the surface? It's just this amorphous. You'd suffocate first before you get down. Okay. So my body would like explode into particles and then I'd just become part yeah. of the gas. Would you, you would freeze first because Jupiter's pretty cold. What's cooler than being cool? Nice cold. That's why <laughs> like some of the planets Kepler, uh, Kepler's in the Kepler space probe, not Ioannis. Yes, he's dead. God bless um, his soul. Yeah. Good friend of the I podcast. I thought he's a patron. He's a Patreon. <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> you want to uh, the Kepler space probe, which was, you know, it looks for exoplanets. Um, a lot of the planets have found are these things called hot Jupiters, which are, <laughs> which, you know, they're good looking. Mm, uh, it's so hot right now. They're just these gas giants or these, these massive, I mean, some of them might be terrestrial or not, but massive planets that are like uh, where Mercury is, just like looping around their star like every 10 days or something. Just super hot. As far as humans are concerned, uninhabitable. But anyway, yeah. back to the idea about gravity. Sorry for this tangent. Carry on. Yeah. So the moon is is sort of, you know, it's stuck, it's stuck in, in our gravity. It's mm -hmm. close enough to us that it's, you know, essentially falling towards us, but missing. Um, <clears throat> but it has an effect as well because it's massive. And the, it, it's not something that we readily see because if, you know, we have density, so it's not really pulling on us mm -hmm. too much, but it does affect the water on Earth. Yes. Lower density. So when the the fate the side of the planet the side of earth is facing the moon the all of the water on that side is being pulled ever so slightly towards the moon which causes it to raise up off the surface well so we're going to get into that okay uh, and it's also on the opposite side of the moon too yeah. good old centripetal force so let's uh let's go over some basics uh in terms of tides here uh, all right so the moon control rumor has it the the moon controls tides right but uh, this doesn't make sense and let me just talk my way through this you a uh, neptunian 
Oh, the, the, all the rocks came <laughs> from the oceans? No, just, you know, I just assumed Neptune. You know, not only yeah, did the, the rocks the come Neptunus. from the oceans, but they also control the tides. The rocks control the tides? No, the Neptune, the god. Neptune. Oh, I thought you were talking about the the group, the the school. Both of, of them. Yeah, it's all run it's by all, Werner, it's all Werner, throw them all into Werner one. or von Gottlieb. Werner yeah, von Gottlieb. Gottlieb. Yeah. Yeah. It's real, real into the water stuff. Um, he I never was, he was a Patreon. He stopped I, being a Patreon. We kicked yeah. him out. It was just it got it got weird. Um, got I never understood that because the with the Neptunist. This we're going so off topic, but the Neptunist <laughs> the Neptunist believed that all rocks precipitated out from from the ocean. But didn't they like so they were in Europe? Couldn't they just go to Italy and just see like a volcano and like yeah? Rocks, but like, where did that volcano flows? come out of? But the ocean, the ocean. Oh, I didn't think of that. But you can just see. <laughs> damn. <laughs> damn. Maybe they have something. <laughs> maybe it does come out of the ocean. <laughs> all right. All right. So, all right. So, the tides are controlled. Uh, from the gravity ultimately from the gravitational pull of the moon but the sun is way bigger than than the moon and if you do the math which i've crunched the numbers here um if you just uh a good friend of the podcast like we said um isaac newton have you guys heard of them this guy he's yeah. got his uh he preferred ike but carry ike, on. ike newton yeah he had this this law of <laughs> gravitational <laughs> he had this law of gravitational attraction and uh, the sun has uh, a, a gravitational, or it has uh, basically 180 times the pool that the moon has. All right. So why doesn't the sun control the tides on the earth? Well, the answer is it's 90, all 93 million miles. Kind of far away. It's 93 <laughs> million miles away versus uh, 385,000 kilometers, which is how many miles is that? I, I don't know. I only deal in that. For what? The, the moon's like 200,000, right? <laughs> okay. Well, that sounds about right. About 200,000 miles away. 300. It's well, the 285,000 200, kilometers. Yeah. 239,000 miles. miles. How many, uh, how many elephants lined up end to end is that? Yeah. How many, how many elephants to the furlong is that? <laughs> yeah. Per, well, per, well, per fortnight. Well, while Jesse's sending away to NASA for those numbers. Um, got it running through my was the first computer called oh uh watson not what's um <laughs> the, the ai thinking computer uh the, the main univac or something hmm. you una eniac eniac yeah something like that eniac so this <laughs> continue <laughs> i'm trying to push along here uh this the sun is really far away from the moon and uh so, or the sun's really far away from the earth and that's really what cuts back on the uh on the um the the pool of the sun so the sun has uh it's it's tide producing forces only it, it's a little bit less than half of of what the what the moon has so that's why the the moon's like moon's like top dog when it comes to tidal force on the earth yeah when they occasionally you can see the influence of the sun especially when they're all lined up Yes, we'll get into that. Oh, okay. um, so the one thing we also need to talk about is we're gonna get, this is gets pretty complicated. Uh, I'm going to try to keep this as simple as possible, but tides are it's not just the moon pulling on the water. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on. 
here. Um, so the, the other thing we need to think about is uh, this. So we have this, the moon doesn't orbit around the earth. Now, hear me out here. There is a, there's this system. There's a, there's this almost like this relationship of the moon pulls on the earth and the earth pulls on the moon. Correct. It's yeah, not that's just, how gravity works. Yeah. It's not just the moon just kind of just, you know, circle orbiting around the orbiting around the, the earth. So it's actually getting further away from the earth as well. It, it is, is. About, about two centimeters a year. Yeah. It, uh, it moves it, away from the earth in, in about just like Europe moving away from us. Everybody's going away in about 15 billion years. The moon will leave our orbit. <gasps> it won't, it won't, it won't, it won't. It'll get it swallowed up by the sun before then. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> But if the sun doesn't get it, then yeah, it'll get slingshotted out. Um, so, all right. Now we do some quick math here. I'm going to try to limit the math because this is just, I can just hear people's brains exploding when I talk about math. <sighs> Mostly Steve's brain. But uh, <laughs> let's see. The mass of the earth is 81 and a half times that of the, of the moon. So uh, the center of gravity is not exactly in the middle between the the uh the the earth and the moon uh and what we call this the center the center of or should the center of mass something called the barry center and the barry center is located uh basically inside the earth so it's uh, you could either say it's uh 40 basically 4700 kilometers from the earth's center or it's about 1600 kilometers beneath the surface of the earth so that's the center of the, of the mass. And that's, they're kind of, and that's, like I said, we have this, uh, this, this uh, relationship, this, uh, the, the earth moon system is um, kind of rotating around that. So you can kind of think of it as if you have like a, kind of like a, like weights, like if you have like a dumbbell or whatever, and one side is, is like much heavier than the other side and you kind of fling it in the air. That's kind of what's going on. That's the relationship between the Earth and the Moon. Kind of like the the hammer throw. Yeah, the hammer throw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. so. The Earth is the hammer part. The Moon is like the handle, I guess. Yeah. Which yeah, guess so. which part is the person spinning around wildly throwing us? That's the sun. The sun. Maybe I like it. <laughs> I'm in. So. Uh, I like uh, I like how Chris sort of refuses to participate in that thought experiment. <laughs> no, I have nothing to say. It's like... <laughs> I won't be a part of this. <laughs> you're Anyways, to, you're, you're t- I appreciate you keeping this high brow. So, <laughs> good luck with that. The next thing we need to go into about tides is the centrifugal force. All right. So the centrifugal force is the same. It's an imaginary force too. So you guys know the difference between the uh, uh, centrifugal force and the um, uh, uh, centripetal force? Centripetal? Centripetal. I always pronounce it wrong. Centripetal yeah. and uh, uh, centrifugal. Centripetal. Uh, well, centripetal, centripetal. Centripetal is real. Mm-hmm. And it pulls stuff towards the center. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 And the, yeah. 
the uh, the centrifugal force is the imaginary one. That's the one where it's where Big Bear comes from. To be, where Big Bear comes from? What? Yeah, he's imaginary. So, no, Big Bird's real. I mean, it's a giant puppet. No, the. Oh, puppet. I'm thinking Snuffleupagus. Snuffleupagus, yeah. Sorry. Um, also, spoiler alert uh, that Snuffleupagus is, is imaginary. Sorry. Um, centripetal, just as a side note, mathematically described, first described by Christian Huygens, who also discovered. Yeah. The moon titan oh and they, they oh, had to get the probe named after him too right yeah so he he did a lot with um the rings of saturn he was the first to say the rings were actually like discs of rock oh discovered titan did a lot with telescopes and he was kind of a he did a lot hmm. yeah just a little fun fact about centripetal force anyway Shout- sorry what was his first name christian christian yeah but with like two a's he was he was Dutch. Scandinavian? American. Dutch. Weekend? Yeah, maybe Dutch. Uh, All right. So this uh, centrif- centrifugal force, that's this imaginary force that pushes things to like the outside. So like if you're in a car and you're going around a sharp bend, it feels like you're being pushed to the outer bend or the outer side of the bend of the car. But really what's happening is you're moving in a straight line. The car is the thing that's doing the turning and the moving. And it's like, it's pushing your body. Like, does yeah, that make like, sense? What I'm trying yeah. To say? One of Newton's laws of motion. <laughs> yeah. A body in motion tends to stay in motion. So you're going to keep wanting to go straight, even though your car's going to the left. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, it's this, uh, uh, cent- um, I keep want to say centripetal now it's in my head, but the <laughs> centrifugal force is uh, so that's, what's going to produce this tidal bulge on either side of the earth. So you have one tidal bulge closer to the moon. All right. On the, on the same side of the earth that's facing the moon. <coughs> and then you have another tidal bulge on the opposite side of the moon. All right. And that tidal bulge on the opposite side of the moon is being pushed out by the uh, centrifugal force. And then halfway in between those two bulges, we have these troughs. And so what you can kind of think of is the, where the bulges are, that's where the high tide is going to be. And the troughs are going to be where the low tide is. So question, sure. in the peaks, is there a side of the planet that is higher high tide? Is there, Well, it also depends too. the... Uh, the angle that the moon is orbiting at along the earth, it, that fluctuates as well. So that's yeah. going to add. <clears throat> and that's, so I'm just I mean, saying like the, the moon side versus the non moon side is, oh, is one of them higher. Oh, oh, the moon, oh, yeah. The moon side is right. So the moon side is slightly higher. So you have a slightly yeah. higher tide when you can see the moon yeah, versus the high tide when there's like a yeah. no moon. So like um, if we think of somewhere like, I don't know, Ocean City, New Jersey, <clears throat> their, their first high tide. Um, so that they have a pretty small high tide, but their first high tide um, was at 2.53 this morning, and it was 3.68 feet. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a bad example because the, the second high tide, which is then 12 hours later when they're directly opposite, um, 
was 3.68 feet. They're exactly the same. <laughs> I feel oh, like this so... would have worked. I, I, I should have picked a better example. But usually no. you'll see in the title chart the, the peaks. And it's, you know, depending on where you're at, it's like, you know, a couple tenths of an inch or something. Okay. So it does make a difference, but a very slight difference. Yeah. No, at but least there's... as far as I know, maybe the other guy will tell you something different. Well, the Car- other thing is carry well, on other guy, <laughs> other guy here. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing you have to take into account as well. I, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but I will actually, we can say this for a little bit later, but the declination of the moon orbiting along the earth. So that fluctuates yeah. 28 and a half degrees North and South of the equator. So you have to, it's kind of hard to visualize it, this, but no, I get what you're saying. I mean, and that, uh, but that's why we have phases of the moon is because th- it changes, right? The angle. Uh, of the moon. No, it's just, no, that's just because of the, where the moon's position is in relation to the earth and the sun. Done. Yeah. But it's on an, it's on an incline. Like it's orbit isn't, it's not like it's going parallel around the earth. It's yeah. It's, it's not, it's not in line with the equator. It's yeah. not in line with yeah. the equator. But when the moon is at the equator of the Earth, it's going to be that's where you're going to get like the more of those equal tides, like you were talking about, Jesse. Yeah. But when the moon is like, say, like at its like maximum, like 28 and a half degrees south of the equator, then you can get two different high tide heights. Oh, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah. In a, um, in a single day. My uh, Steve, back to your point about the moon. So, um, Ocean City, Maryland. Oh. I, I had Ocean City up. So the moon rose at like 2 a.m. Yeah. What, what one meter, one meter tidal range, Ocean City, Maryland? Yeah, a little bit below that. Yeah. Um, it rose at 2 a.m. and high tide was at 4 a.m. and it was 2.35 feet. Okay. Uh, and then, and then, you know, it, the earth rotated, low tide was at 10 a.m. The next high tide was 12 hours later at 4.16 p.m. So the moon is set at this point and high tide was 2.26. So a 10th of an inch. Okay. Wait, what, what? So hold on, go, give me the, give me the times of those, those two high tides real fast again, 4 a.m. and 4 5 a.m. and 4 16 p.m. 4 5 and 4 16. Yeah. Okay. So it's different. And, and the moon rose. Um, what's today? Today's the 29th. The moon rose. Yeah, at 1.13 a.m. and set at 2 p.m. essentially. So those of you listening, feel free to check us today. We're recording today on November 29th. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and it's, what is it? It's, it's, uh, it's waning. So it's going, towards a, it's going towards a new moon. And so tides are lower during new moons. And they're, they're higher during full moons. And that's why... Chris knows it because he knows this area to be about a meter, but the moon is waning. It's about a quarter. So oh. it's not necessarily that, Jesse. Oh, uh, man, stop. So I, I, <laughs> stop. <laughs> is, all right. We are just all over the place here. I, you know what? Don't I take have, the moon away from me. Listen, you need, you need a break. All right, Jesse, you're on timeout right now because I had this great outline planned. All right. And you were just deviating from this great outline. Uh, why did I get off the outline? I know we had this perfectly well, formatted. 
while, outline. So while Jesse's on timeout right now, Steve, <laughs> what can you tell us about about these uh, these formatted outlines? I can tell you about the formatting formula. That's what I can tell you about how they helped us format these beautifully uh, manicured. Is the only way I can put it. Outlines. Manicured. <laughs> yes, manicured. I mean, honestly, if you if you were to look at these outlines, you'd be like, "Oh my goodness, did a professional typesetter come up with this? Like, how how?" It's all calligraphy, actually. Uh, you know, this, I, I don't. I don't even know what font by that monks? is. <laughs> you open it up, and there's just angels singing. Uh, no, but the formatting formula is our wonderful sponsor, formattingformula.com or YouTube forward slash c forward slash formatting formula for all of your word document formatting needs. Um, they've been a wonderful sponsor to us uh, for several years. It's, you know, almost seems like decades, but formattingformula.com, they handle all of your word document formatting needs. Anything from like regulatory forms to formatting theses to just simple stuff like headers and footers and uh, changing the the toolbar at the top, things like that. So um you can go to formattingformula.com like I, I usually do, and they just fix it for me. Or you can actually watch their YouTube videos on um, YouTube forward slash C forward slash formatting formula, and you can actually teach yourself how to do all this stuff. Um, the YouTube videos, you know, many, many hours of content, um, all different kinds of versions of Word. You know, I often get mocked because I say like word two all the way to current word because, you know, that's that's how word savvy I am because I don't need to be because we have formatting formula to take care of everything. So check them out. Formattingformula.com or YouTube forward slash C forward slash formatting formula for all of your word documenting needs. But most importantly, tell them the geology flannel cast sent you. Do it. Okay. Chris, what should we talk about while Jesse's in timeout? I thought Jesse's done now. That was it. That oh, was, okay. He's learned his lesson. Don't worry. It's good to be back. Yeah. He just took the dunce cap off. <laughs> Everything I thought I knew about the moon was wrong. All right. So no, you're it's you're right. not you're, made out of cheese. It's um so when so you're getting into the different types of tides, like spring tide versus neap tide, um, neap. which I think we should hold off on that for just a minute or so because I want to go over one other thing. But uh, actually, it's the same effect when you have full moon and when you have new moon. It's going to be the same effect of increasing increasing the tidal range. So you get higher high tides and lower low tides. During a new moon? During a new moon, yeah. yeah. It's because oh. it's, everything's all the sun, earth, and moon are all lined up. Uh, that makes sense. So you get the, yeah, we'll get into that. Okay. Okay. So, uh, but the first thing we're going to talk about, there's there's a couple different ways to explain tides and the easiest, we're going to start off with the easiest way and it's just going to get progressively harder. There'll be a quiz at the end of this, uh, at the end of this podcast as well, just to make sure that you fully comprehend everything we talked about. I've already um, failed it. He failed it. Steve's never passed one of these quizzes and nope. <laughs> just here for my good looks and my sweet talking. <laughs> King of dad jokes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right, so equilibrium tide theory. All right, so this is like best case scenario. This is like the easiest way to explain tides, but we got to take a couple, uh, we got to make a couple assumptions here that are not necessarily correct in the real world. First off, when you're dealing with equilibrium tide theory, you have to assume that the Earth's surface is completely covered with water. There's no, there's no continents that are kind of breaking up the oceans. So we know this is incorrect, but this is the easiest way, you know, if we make these assumptions, tides are 
really easy to explain. Uh, number two, the oceans are infinitely deep, and <laughs> and there's no um, there's no there's basically there's no friction when um, when the water's sloshing around from the tides. So we know that's not <clears throat> completely correct. I, I mean, I feel that way when I'm in the ocean. Sometimes this is yeah. infinitely deep. There's <laughs> monsters. There be monsters. There are. There, yeah, I mean the tides. The tides. Oh. Um, and then, uh, let's see. And then thirdly, we have to also assume that there are two tidal bulges that are located. They're always located on the side of the moon, the side facing the moon and the side facing away from the moon. Um, so, so we're making a couple assumptions here to start off talking about tides, but, uh, let's talk. So Jesse was kind of, the reason I asked Jesse about the times for those high tides is because we should probably talk about this how long the a tidal cycle is and so a full tidal cycle is 12 hours 25 minutes all right so the uh most places on earth have two tidal cycles a day well in almost a day and it ends up being 12 hours 50 minutes or i'm sorry 24 yeah screw that one 24 hours 50 minutes all right so but the one full tidal cycle is 12 hours, 25 minutes. And so what you have to kind of think about is the earth is spinning around and then the moon's out there. We got the, the tidal bulge and everything like that from the moon. Forget the sun for right now. We'll get to the sun a little later. Pretend the sun doesn't exist at this moment. So the, we're the moon's all going to die. It's no. really cold and we're just being flung out, uh, you know, <laughs> towards into the Milky way. So nothing's holding us here. Um, and it's really dark too. There's no light because we're not talking about the sun. All right, right now. just carry on. All right. <laughs> um, so you would think, why aren't the tides? If if it, if the the Earth has to spin around one rotation, one full day on on Earth, why wouldn't it be exactly you know uh, why wouldn't these tides be you know into in exactly twelve hour increments? Well, the other thing you have to understand is yes, the Earth is rotating. You know, you're, we're having a day, and Earth spins around. Oh, but the moon is I'm also, a day. yeah, <laughs> the, the moon, <laughs> the moon is also moving around the earth. So it takes in that one 12 hour 20, uh, uh, uh yeah. And then one 12 hour, uh, 20, uh, 25 minute period of a full tidal cycle, the, the earth has to rotate a little bit more because the moon moves 13.2 degrees around the earth. Hmm. So it takes a couple extra minutes for the uh, for the Earth to catch up to the Moon. Does that make sense? That, yeah. That's, yes. Yeah. That's uh, why. I, that's why the Moon's the lunar calendar is different than the solar calendar, right? Well, yes. that the lunar calendar, you know, I have to also consider it. Wrote, it you know, making one full circle around the Earth, going through the, all the lunar phases every twenty-eight days. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder when. Well, oh boy! I, I wonder. I'm, <laughs> I'm, sure, <laughs> I'm sure somebody's calculated in the past. Like, when when was the lunar cycle an exact day? Like, when was the tide cycle oh, an exact day? Oh, but but it wouldn't question. have been. It wouldn't have been an exact day because I mean, like, if the Earth day spun faster, you mean like back in like you know, like yeah. pre-Cambrian time when it was very obviously you know, yeah, the exactly. Earth day was obviously shorter. Um. So when? Huh. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know the answer to that either. I'm just thinking out loud. 
the Earth That's what I'm here was, for. The Earth's day used to be 18 hours when it first in the pre-can, the, like the early, early Archean. 18 hours. It's uh, it, slowed down that much. It, wow. it was either 18 or 20. Yeah, it slowed down that much in a billion years. Four billion years. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, shoot. There was, I just had something else to say about the moon. Man. Oh yeah. Um, we should mention about it being tidally locked too, right? Oh, of course. Good one. Thanks. Tell us about the dark side of the moon. Well, we never see it. It's dark. <laughs> <laughs> so the earth always faces and the moon always faces the, the, the earth always faces the same side of the moon. So it's wrote the, the moon rotates um, at, at the exact same rate as the as it goes around the earth so the earth is always facing the same side of the moon we that's always see crazy the same of it mm-hmm. and that's called being tidally locked so do people in on the other side of the planet let's say moscow they will see a different side of the moon no they see do? the same no. size we see we is, all, yeah the earth always faces the same exact side of the because <gasps> it's at, so as it's you, going around us it's turning at the rate that it's orbiting that's crazy. You town. always see the same view of the moon. Yeah. It, you always see the whatever craters you see on the moon. Yeah, it's always the same ones. Um, no, no human ever saw the stuff on the back of the moon until um, Apollo. The Apollo missions. Yeah, yeah eleven. Apollo, eleven. Eleven was, was well, in the land. Yeah. Land. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it was ten. I think ten was the first one to go around the moon. Right? Did the Russians beat us to orbit the moon? No. How dare you! No idea. Apollo eight says our Patreon Dennis. It was um, yeah, they were the first ones to because we, we we hopped around the moon, yeah, before we landed on it. Yeah, I'd like to think we didn't just try it once. Like, oh, here's Apollo ten. Yeah, yeah, we could do this. Let's yeah, just land, let's on, it. land on, well, it. Just well, on this thing. I mean, the, the Russians were trying to land on it. They were trying to land a probe on it, like as Apollo eleven was going up, and it crashed. It didn't land on it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's why. I mean, I mean, it it it, it truly was a, a race to get there. But shout out to uh, Michael Collins, who was on the, you know, when Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin landed on the, whatever the, the eagle. Mm-hmm. Um, the eagle has landed. He, he was landed. He was still in the the Apollo capsule. And he you know, he's around, the unsung hero. You know, he went around the moon like, a bunch of times. Yeah, because all the dark Michael side. Collins enough credits. All this Neil yeah. Armstrong stuff, and you know, yeah, I'll get like, you a punch from Buzz Aldrin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's been known to be a little feisty, you know. Yeah. Um, he's is he he's big into aliens now, right? Isn't Buzz Aldrin? Yeah, yeah, I think there's, yeah, he's um, yeah, he's, he's also like, seen Sasquatch. No, but he's there's like a group of like. Uh, people who are is he part of like seti or something i don't know yeah oh michael collins just passed away in april yeah RIP. oh you know what? i thought it okay well shout out to michael collins pour one out from our homie yeah michael collins is born in rome huh. rome italy rome italy we're rome georgia rome italy rome new york now rome italy <laughs> His um, his I guess his dad was a uh, some sort of military ad- attaché. Oh, okay. 
How do I get that title at the show? Seriously. We could just start calling. Uh, it. You, yeah. could, you could just give yourself that title and everything. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> and uh, the kids just claim my new name is attache. It is not father. <laughs> I am a, I'm a podcasting attache. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So uh, the next thing we should now let's uh, in terms of tides, let's bring in the sun now because you gotta, it's, it's pretty big, you know? So we bring in the sun now. All right. So the sun has a little bit of an influence on the uh on the tides not as much it's only it's a it's less than half of the influence that the moon has but now i got some vocabulary terms for everyone it's a term called syzygy all right syzygy that was my nickname in high school yeah you went to a weird high school but (laughs) (laughs) kids with an excellent vocabulary (laughs) ah there he is it's syzygy (laughs) I, i went to scrabble high um, <laughs> I like that. That was good. <laughs> so, syzygy is what happens when the Earth, Sun, and Moon are all in alignment, right? They're all lined up. So this happens either at new moon or or full moon. So when the when it's the when the Moon is in between the Earth and the Sun, that's when we have a new moon. When it goes when the Moon's on the opposite side of the of the Sun from the Earth. That's when we have a full moon. So because we know how tidal bulges work, um, that's going to the moon's going to create the tidal bulge. And also the sun creates a little bit of a tidal bulge too. And that's going to have an additive effect. So the two, the two bulges add up during syzygy when everything's all lined up. And so when you have a new moon and a full moon, it creates a condition called spring tides. Now, spring tides, some people, I've heard some people say that spring tides happen in the spring season like April for those in the Northern hemisphere. And that is completely incorrect. Uh, it happens, happens twice a month, uh, every, every, four, every 14 days. So uh, new moon and full moon is when you have spring tides. It's what spring and tides do. So every time you get, every time you have a new moon or a full moon, you have syzygy. Yes. So, must, little, so but, what's, why do you, <clears throat> Why are sometimes spring tides higher? Depending like, upon the angle of where the moon is, I guess. Because so you can still have a new moon like or a full moon. Your spring tide isn't always the same. You have like a king tide. I do personally. <laughs> yeah. Every, every Sounds couple. like a personal problem. I don't yeah. <laughs> no, but like we were talking before, the, the angle of the moon can be you know, up to 28 and what is it? Twenty-eight and a half degrees. All right. There's a lot of okay. So a king tide is. By the way, a, for any any for the, maybe some of those other listeners out there that don't know what this is, according to the National Ocean Service, um, under uh, good old NOAA in the United States, uh, king tide is a non-scientific term for people uh, often used to describe exceptionally high tides. Why are they exceptionally high? Is my question. Well, oh man, you are just making all <laughs> Sasquatch is smoking weed. That's why. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's it's uh, it actually has to do with um, how close we are to the sun and also how close we are to the moon. That makes a lot. Yeah. So, so I, ec- that's actually eccentricity, I guess. Yeah, that's yeah. So the eccentricity. Yeah, so, all right. So uh, in early January. That's when the Earth is nearest to the sun, and that's when we get perihelion. Yeah. And then six months later in July, that's when the Earth is 
farthest from the sun. That's called amphelion. Yeah. And for the moon, when the moon is closest to the earth, that's called perigee. And when the moon is uh, the most uh, furthest away from the earth, that's called apogee. So if you have perigee on top of perihelion, which occurs in January, then you can get some really, really big tides. And then if you get like a winter storm on top of that, like, oh, geez. Yeah. Fun fact. uh, I learned what the term apogee means from the wonderful movie Spies Like Us. Oh. That's right. uh, who's in that movie. That is Dan Aykroyd and Martin. No, Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase. Yes. Yes. But they launch a rocket from Russia and they they talk about point apogee when the rocket is the furthest away from the planet. Yeah. 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 So and if if you watch like any like this, suck the paint off your house and give your whole family a permanent orange afro. What? It's a, it's a line from the movie. Carry on. <laughs> Anyways, um, don't use these terms too. If you ever watch any of this, the SpaceX missions, like the launches or whatever they put on, like the live streams of them, they'll talk yeah, about, yeah. you know, um, the, the time from Apogee and, and stuff like that. You'll hear all those terms used as well. But to answer your question, Justin, it's, it's the, how far the earth, the, the moon and the, the sun are away from the earth. Yeah. I'm, I'm just looking. So, Ocean City, Maryland, because I got the title chart up. Yeah, full moon uh, in December is um, high tide is 2.9 feet. And during the new moon, it's 2.4 feet. So it's a little bit smaller, just saying. (laughs) Uh, But in January, the full moon is on the second and 17th um so in january high tide is um yeah it's right it's about the same 2.7 feet now look at a high tide in in like june yeah it's gonna so while while he's looking that up um so we have the term syzygy that's when the earth sun and moon are all lined up and then the opposite when the the moon earth and the sun make 90 degree angles that's called quadrature and so that's during your first quarter and third quarter of the lunar phase and during quadrature we get tides that are called neap tides so spring tides you get a higher high tide and a lower low tide the normal neap tides you get a lower high tide and a higher low tide than normal so the neap tides, it, it, like basically kind of it, uh, the, this earth, the, the moon and the sun kind of dampen that tidal effect. They kind of, it's almost like they kind of cancel each other out a, a bit. And so you don't get that much of a, a tidal range during the neap conditions and during the spring conditions that you get like the, the really high tides and the really low tides. Yeah. And that, that was an issue during, um, hurricane Sandy is that we were in a spring tide situation mm-hmm. it's a full moon full moon spring full moon. tide did it were we at a um perigee it was october so not re- not well quite. that's that's for, well for the moon it's 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 not during the, the oh yeah because it's off the yeah um but yeah but, it was, it yeah, was during but, it was at high tide it was yeah yeah so are so you already have a storm surge coming in and then you add almost three feet to it like that's gonna suck even more yeah yeah. yeah. 
So, um, some, I mean, perigee, if, if, if you're unfamiliar with perigee, sometimes if you ever hear the term supermoon, that's usually a full moon when we're close to perigee because it, you know, makes it, you know, it's that optical illusion where it appears bigger. Supermoons. If you, you know, you've heard that. I've heard yes, it. I never, absolutely. I never knew it. Yeah. <laughs> we actually just had a, a full lunar eclipse the other day. Uh, yeah. We my did. brother, my brother got up at 4 a.m. to look at it. I did not. Oh, wow. That's dedication yeah. right there. I, I looked at a picture and I was like, yes, that was nice. <laughs> um, yeah. You guys know what a blue moon is? Like when you hear the term once in a blue moon? I do. Yeah, isn't that a second full moon of the month? It is. Yeah. Two, two full moons in a, in a single calendar month. Yeah. Now, what's the harvest moon? I think that just has to do with a full moon in September, September, or yeah, October. Like every the every full moon in a month has a name. Oh, is there? So, <laughs> yeah, the name like in, um, yeah, like the last the the one that was uh, the eclipse was called the Beaver Moon. Yeah, I was gonna say in November it's the Beaver Moon. You know, in December it's called um, the Cold Moon, which is pretty good. Huh. yeah and i mean Jan- not, in- not if you live in like south america then it's yeah in january hot. it's the wolf moon oh yeah get to howland the howland wolf moon yeah january yeah. january yeah you can you i can- had no idea but any of these terms here like i just yeah february is uh march the worm moon worma worm a worm worm <laughs> big worm yeah <laughs> Yeah, good times. All right. Um, all right. So that kind of that's equilibrium title theory. So let's make this a little more complicated. What? We're just yeah, it gets you're gonna there's a couple more variables at play here. So one of the uh to talk about the equilibrium title theory, one of the things that we said, um one of the assumptions that we made was that the earth is completely covered in water, but it's only 71% covered in water. It's got some, got a little more, got, got a, it's got some land mass, about 29% land mass to it. So what it does is the land kind of acts like these like barricades almost hanging out in the ocean. So it's going to screw up your tidal bulge a little bit. All right. You're going to get some distortions and stuff like that with your tidal bulge. The other thing that we need to take into consideration is that the earth spins faster at the equator than it does in the polar regions. You guys know the effect that this causes? Coriolis. The Coriolis effect. Yeah. yeah. So the Coriolis effect is going to come into play here and we're going to get these things called amphidromic cells. Yeah. <laughs> You're connecting all the dots. All of this makes sense when you when you Spell it out like this. <laughs> it's blowing my mind a bit. So in reality, there's not just two tidal bulges. You get these things called amphidromic cells, these little tidal cells within the oceans. And this is going to be incredibly complicated to, to explain just verbally over a podcast, but kind of think like within the oceans, uh, there, there's 12 major amphidromic cells, I believe. Are these the gyres? Yeah. So I never so you, heard anyone talk refer to them as gyres, but like what what so you get like um <clears throat> just general circulation patterns in the ocean that are 
that are driven um, basically by wind circulation pushing the surface of the earth, the surface of oh, the earth. No, no, these these aren't the giant. Uh, no, 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 no. This is this is just uh, this. But is- I mean, like in so in the northern hemisphere, they're moving the, counterclockwise. They're moving. It's yes. moving counterclockwise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, the title. So no, no, sorry. Think- in the northern hemisphere, they're moving. The Coriolis effects. The Coriolis effect tends to move things to the right in the northern yes. hemisphere. And to the left in the southern hemisphere. Yeah. So moving to the right is clockwise. Um, <clears throat> that's why, like, wind pushing on water, um, the water moves ninety degrees to the right, and it creates a corkscrew. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, called yeah. an Ekman spiral down. Oh we man, talk- I forgot about that term. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So when we talked about waves last week, you know, one of the things that happens the wind when the wind is blowing on the water it's actually pushing the water it deflects it 90 degrees to the right and that 90 degrees to the right moves down the water column and so you create this spiral as you go down called an ekman spiral and that's where my knowledge of ekman spirals begins and ends <laughs> nice <laughs> very good very good yeah. um so these amphidromic cells they're um, these spin around. Uh, they spin around counterclockwise in the northern hemisphere, and they sp- uh, and then clockwise in the southern hemisphere. And kind of think of it as if you have a glass of water, right? And you just kind of start swirling it around. There's a point in the middle. It's almost like a seesaw, kind of like a seesaw effect, but it's like spinning around the the edge of the glass. There's a point in the middle that doesn't go up or go down. It stays. It stays stationary. That's called your amphidromic point, right? And so what's happening is you get these little like spirals of 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 uh, uh, it's almost like these are like pinwheel type movements of the uh, of the water, kind of spiraling around these amphidromic cells. And, and this, what, what's this from? This is it, it's all in. It's basically it, it has to do with um, the Coriolis effect. And okay. also the just kind of the continents blocking off the different oceans. So the Earth rotating and creates sort of like sloshing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, and with all of the the continents the, yeah. the slow, slowing down the water. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so um, this is where the term tidal wave comes from. So a tidal wave and a tsunami are not the same thing. A tidal wave has to do with the rush of water coming from an amphidromic cell. Yes, as it, as it goes goes around in a circle in and, the ocean, and we have <clears throat> uh, talked about tidal waves previously in the podcast. Yes, we have talked about tidal waves previously in the podcast. Uh, sorry, tsunamis. Soon, well, we you know I, I'm sure that I went off because it's like my pet peeve: tidal waves and tsunamis are not the same thing. No, certainly they are not. But we, I'm trying we, to remember what episode that was. Probably with earthquakes. Probably. We talked about earthquakes with Kelly Blake in episode 42. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll look around. See when All we. Right. Uh, so, well, whilst, uh, while Steve's going on that, then we can. Uh, oh, man. Come on. I know we talked about <laughs> tsunamis. Did we have a whole episode on tsunami. We, I guess not. We had to. <laughs> 
We haven't devoted a whole lot. Well, then I know what next week's topic yeah, is. We haven't. Yeah, we're going to make November Ocean Month, I guess. Ooh. Well, next week will be December. So. <laughs> <laughs> the decision here at the Geology Flat. Okay. Nope. We're recording tomorrow. That's it. All right. <laughs> so. Holy cow. Uh, I guess we here's some. Uh, I got some fun numbers for you guys. Oh, this is my favorite part of the show. In the middle of the ocean, right? Where the where the ocean's really deep, tidal waves. <laughs> yes. It's pretty deep. You some might say infinitely deep for the purpose Ooh. of uh of this. The tidal waves are moving around at 700 kilometers an hour. That's right. And their wavelengths are really long. Yes. Very long. Um and um so- and and wave, sorry. Um, Steve and I do disasters course. So we, uh, I feel like we just covered tsunamis not that long ago. Uh, and the way, and the wave heights are really short in the deep ocean. Yes. Well, the same thing with the tidal waves. What? Yes. The tidal waves are moving at 700 kilometers an hour. Oh, Sorry, I was talking about tsunamis and you're yeah, saying tidal waves in yeah. my head. Well, well that's yeah, what I was I'm agreeing because you weren't yeah. you weren't wrong. You yeah. weren't wrong because yeah, the wavelength of a uh, an actual tidal wave is very long. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens when you have infinitely deep ocean. Yeah. So, but much like the uh what Jesse was just saying with tsunamis, tidal waves only have a or the, the tidal range out in the deep ocean, it's only about half a meter. It's not that big. What happens is once you get closer to the, uh, once you get closer to the coast and you get over, over the continental shelf, then you start getting some frictional drag. And so what happens is it slows down that tidal wave coming around the amphidromic cell to about 10 to 20 kilometers an hour. And then it's just like the waves, how we were talking uh, actually on, on last week's podcast and the, when the waves come to shore, um, they start slowing down. They start feeling bottom, right? Um, and then they, as they slow down, they actually start to rise up. Well, the same thing with your tidal wave. As the tide is coming in around that amphidromic cell, it slows down, and then it also rises. So um, depending on how wide your continental shelf is, you can get if the, the wider the continental shelf, the higher the tidal range in that in that area. The the narrower the continental shelf, the lower the tidal range is. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, the 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 high the height. So and by the way, the, when I the tidal range in California is going to be much smaller than the tidal range in along Ocean City, anywhere on the east coast of the U.S. <laughs> I don't know. Let's what keep the, going, Ocean City. Yeah, I don't know off the top of my head what the tidal range is in. You know any of the, the i'm just saying the continental shelf is much larger on the east coast than it is on the west coast yeah, is what I'm yeah saying. yeah and so that would that should uh, um yeah so though the wider the wider the the continental shelf the more frictional drag you get the higher the tidal range gets and when we yeah. say tidal range by the way that's that's the vertical distance between high tide and low tide that's what that's what tidal range means yeah and there are some weird spots uh the Bay of Fundy, right? Oh, 16 meters of tidal range. Oh, it's incredible. You want to. Oh, yeah. goodness. Have any of you guys ever been to Fundy? No, no. I've seen pictures, though, where like, I've, you I've know, the, the, bay, the bay is full. And then when you see it at low tide, like all these ships are just like sitting on the mud, 
Like, yeah. yeah. So 16, um, 16 meters of tidal range. Here. Yeah. Watch the, the time lapse range videos. The yeah. Yeah. Goodness. Yeah. yeah maybe, so th- I mean, we'll post some on our website. Well, why is it so great there? Why is it so macro, if you will? It's because of the shape of the Bay yeah. of Fundy. It's a funnel shape. So what happens is as the tide is coming in, um, it's, it's uh, the Bay of Fundy. It's wide at the mouth. And then, and then it narrows as you go up the bay. And so basically the water's got nowhere to go. Like uh, the, the, this, this volume of water comes up, comes up the bay. And then as the, the width of the bay is narrowing, you still have that same volume of water. It's got nowhere to go, but up. And so that's why you just get this big wall of water coming in for the, for the high tide. So these, uh, these embayments that you get that are funnel shaped will exacerbate your tidal range. Ooh, exactly. A lot of fancy terms there, Chris. I no, you're correct. So, uh, the Bay of Fundy. Okay. Uh, that was going to be the thing I was going to talk about last, but, uh, one last thing I want to talk about the different types of tides that you can get. All right. So, uh, some places high and low, high and low, you got a 50, 50 shot of getting it right. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> All right. So the most common are these things called semi-diurnal tides and semi-diurnal tides are on a 12 hour, uh, 25 minute, uh, tidal cycle. Right. So that means, uh, in a, in a day you get roughly two high tides and two low tides approximately in a day. I know it's, it's a little bit more than a day, but yeah, close enough. So that's called semi-diurnal. There's some places on earth that only have diurnal tides. And that's basically, that's on that, uh, 24 hour, 50 minute cycle where in 24 hours and 50 minutes, you get one high tide, you get one low tide. See that in the Gulf of Mexico. A lot of these like protected, these protected water bodies, these larger protected water bodies, um, will get diurnal tides and that's a little more rare. Like I said, um, yeah, that's crazy how the yeah. rest of the planet <laughs> doesn't get that. Yeah. Yeah. So like Gulf of Mexico, uh, Gulf of Tonkin in, uh, in Asia, uh, the Bering sea, you'll get diurnal tides there. So basically you have enough landmass, like kind of shielding that water to, yeah. to mute the effect of the moon yeah. essentially. And then, oddly enough, the one that you get in the middle of the ocean that has diurnal tides is uh, Southwest Australia gets diurnal tides, even though it's a, it's an open ocean coast there. I would assume it's just there's got to be some kind of distortion going on with the landmass out there. Um, it's hmm. not in a protected protected water body, but um, anyways, it's probably aliens. It probably is aliens, yeah. Um, and then finally, the third type of tides you can get are mixed tides, and that's when you get. A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, a little bit of semi-diurnal, a little bit of diurnal. Uh, Los Angeles is, it gives you, you get mixed tides there. So um, I think that's pretty much it. All I had for tides. Um, yeah. So just to recap real quick from what I said in like, the first minute of our podcast, uh, the tides come in, the tides go out. That's it. That's it. That's perfect. We could have could have summed this up in thirty yeah. seconds. Can can we just have can we have a maybe we should get the uh, Bill O'Reilly to uh, have the uh, his famous <laughs> tide quote? Can't explain them. 
<laughs> we just spent a whole podcast we explained them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, uh, you yeah. guys got any any fun facts about tides? I just want to, you know, I know it's after Thanksgiving, but I just want to say happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Yeah, and oh, I, thanks. happy Thanksgiving to you. Depending on when this gets out, it's uh, happy Hanukkah. It's yeah, I was just Hanukkah. gonna say that too. Happy Hanukkah. I believe it starts tomorrow. Did started it start last today? Night. Started last night. Oh yeah, it's sundown. Okay, mm. yeah. Couldn't remember if it started today at sundown or last night at sundown. Mm. There you go. Well, happy Hanukkah. Yeah. All right. Um. All right. Well, that's uh. This concludes this ep- this week's episode of the Geology Flannel. Cast. Hang uh, on, hang on. Oh, what? How much? How much more erosion do you think happens because we have tides? How much more erosion do you want? Like the actual? I'm just getting. You know, do you think there's a lot more erosion because we have so, tides? Uh, one, or do we have well, less? Or does it equal out because we have high and low tides, so you have well, more erosion and less erosion? Well, now you get it. Well, yeah, hunting, watching the things, the, the grains go in and grains go out. Man's got a lot of time on his hands. Um, man, to be a scientist in the so here's late 1700s. My, my question. So we didn't really get into. So we define tides by the range, like the difference between high and low tide, right? Mm-hmm. And so we say micro, meso, and macro. Tides. Oh, I didn't even get into that stuff. Yeah, yeah. The micro <laughs> tides are zero to three feet. Right. Uh, Meso is three to six, and six to greater than six is uh, or greater than nine. I forget. I forget what it is off the top of my head. But we define tides by the range between high and low tide, and it, it's just a side note here. Um, we talked about coasts in, in New Jersey. The beaches are public, so you can't own. There's no private beach in in new jersey because they have this rule about public access to beach but that's not technically correct it 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 actually is it's it's only where the tidal range is is public so you can walk the length of new jersey and as long as you're within the tidal range where high tide or low tide touches you know or beyond low tide out into the ocean um you're on public land, but technically above the high water mark, you, you can own it. It's, it's virtually impossible to own that though. Um, just because they're, they're so big on their public beach access. Now, certain towns would dispute that. And they actually just lost a sort of a, a big ruling because they tried to block access to, to beaches to make them seem private. Anyway, um, title range uh, I was thinking, how has tidal range changed through time? What would tidal range like? It'd be interesting to think about tidal ranges, say, during Pangaea when you had yeah, a super yeah, yeah. continent. So, uh, the moon's during, yeah. the moon's supposedly, oh man, or during the Precambrian when the moon is is closer to a us. lot closer. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think I want to say we're spinning faster. We're spinning, fi- yeah, but. There's supposed to be like some stromatolite deposits that are because the tidal range is larger because the moon's closer to Earth and you're supposed to be able to see it in stromatolite deposits because stromatolites live in the intertidal zone. Oh, interesting. And so you're supposed to see like a thicker 
larger strom- like the larger swaths of stromatolite deposits than huh. you would today. Hmm. I learned I, I heard something like that many, many, many years ago. I hope it's true. That's but um Yeah. But no, yeah. that's I, that sounds cool. It sounds like yeah. That would be the uh yeah, the geologic evidence of uh of what you would see. Yeah, I was just thinking of a, like just thought experiment wise. If you had zero tide, would that like a like a lake? Yeah, as opposed well, to I mean, you would still you have, have high, waves. right? You still have waves from the the uh, water, you still have, no, you still, yeah, wind well, and everything. But then, yeah, you, does does your low tide and high tide cancel each other out, and then therefore you get less erosion? Yeah, it, that that is interesting because like we define <clears throat> one of the things we define coasts on is if they're wave dominated wave and storm dominated or tidally dominated and tidally dominated is usually places where it's like higher meso into the macro tidal. if it's macro tidal, if it's you know if you're greater if your tidal range is six seven eight nine ten feet or more the effect of tides rising and lowering is going to is going to overwhelm whatever, you know, um, effect waves have in terms of sedimentation, deposition, and erosion. So I guess my question is what, what is the percent of micro meso and macro tidal ranges? I feel like it's the majority. I mean, and I guess just, yeah, just by picking that, those names did they someone just figure out all right what's the middle okay that's yeah that's the middle <laughs> yeah there it is but no, no just uh, just something to think about so i uh, yeah yeah it's interesting this is it's an interesting there's it's something i thought i was pretty familiar with yeah and then chris boy, just kept poo-pooing on us yeah boy was i wrong well yeah. no, no. boy was I a fool? <laughs> um, well, no, I think I feel like we we covered this topic, uh, the ins and outs of it, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the ups and the downs, <laughs> the ebbs and the flows. Ah, but yeah. So thank you very much to all of our listeners out there. Thank you to all our Patreons. Uh, this week is uh, Giving Tuesday, so feel feel free to sign up, become a Patreon. Yeah, yeah. And I, I know Chris Chris is going to try to get this out before tomorrow morning. And uh, <laughs> actually, I, I, I have to get it out tomorrow morning. <laughs> um, but seriously, thank you everybody for listening. We we really 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 appreciate you. Please uh, tell a friend. December, right? The December to remember sales event yeah <laughs> something uh, pretty yeah. sure it's gonna get a suit for sale yeah. yeah. Le- lexus uh, is gonna sue me yeah. <laughs> uh if a lexus uh, exec is listening you know it's a december declaration month declare you your fondness for our program yes i like that mm-hmm. yeah you know if you had an awkward thanksgiving talking about you know whatever politics or something with your family be like hey you know what can unify us the geology flannel cast <laughs> the grand unifying theory of life that's something we can all guess. get behind <laughs> i love it i love it 
Um, yeah, Chris is still researching stuff. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. I'm really on the edge of my seat here. He's <laughs> gonna pull something out. Bother, there's something I'm trying to just keep on going. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but seriously, you can check us out on uh, Facebook, which I'm not too savvy at, but I'm I'm trying to stay on top of it. Um, the geologyflannelcast.com. We have some merch out there. We have uh, coffee mugs. Not that anybody can see this, but our Patreon can see it. Uh, that has been proven to um, make your coffee taste twenty percent better. And uh, we have some swag on there, some T-shirts and stuff. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal this from a local brewery. Um, they said that where when you're wearing our Geology Flannelcast swag um, on your Tinder account, it makes uh, the swipe to the right thirty eight percent more uh probable so oh well that makes sense yeah so if you're if you're looking to up your uh tinder account then there you go so all right i mean yeah. doesn't sound like you even have an option now you have to do it yeah i mean <laughs> just so um yeah check us out on facebook um twitter instagram our website and uh tell you again tell a friend Chris just slammed the book down, so I'm guessing he didn't find what he was looking for. No, I so. did not find what I was looking for. We'll, just, <laughs> we'll continue. Um, but thank you, everybody, for listening, and uh, we will see you again next week. All right, guys. See you later, Jesse. What song are you taking us out with? I'm gonna I'm gonna th- give a shout out to Steve here. I'm gonna go with uh, uh, a deep cut by Fish. Tide turns. Ooh, nice. Oh, yeah. I like it. All right. You just listen to that song immediately following this podcast. Shout out to Fish. <laughs> yeah. If we had money for royalties, we'd play it, but we don't. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll wait with I'll, you to the tie turns. I'll, I'll reach out to my friends at Fish and see if we can't uh, yeah. make that happen. All right. Talk to Trey. See if you'll like Yeah, you. we'll get it added on there. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. everybody. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for stopping by.